Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. We are going to start with our sermon series, A Coat for a Kid. Look at somebody and say, A Coat for a Kid. I'm excited about this series. Yeah, we're tying in the activation for providing coats for kids, but I'm excited about this just so we can kind of go through the Word of God. And each, each week, it's going to be something special. And yes, some people have been emailing me and texting me. Let me just go ahead and say it. You saw it in your bulletins. Yes, we are having church on Christmas morning. Let me just say that. I... I, I it started out as a struggle, and I said, well, if we gotta, if we gotta struggle about this idea, then we need to have it. So we're having Christmas morning service. We'll be here in the tabernacle at 10 a.m., and it's gonna be a wonderful time of singing carols, but, but, there, are, but there is a word from the Lord. But today, 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 uh, I want you to go to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter three, Daniel chapter three, and verse, uh, 19. We're going to start at verse 19. Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version uh, on this morning. I normally am in the NIV, but today I'll be in the King James Version just because there's some phrasing that is very specific for the point that we want to lift up today. And uh, I promise it's 11.05 now. I promise it won't be long, uh, but we do want to get get to you what the Lord has given to me to get to us today. Amen? Amen. Thank you all of those, all of our visitors who are here. And if you're in this place and uh, you uh, do not know the Lord as, as your personal Savior, listen, I invite you just to listen in and as we talk about this man named Jesus. Amen? And all the wonderful things that he has done for us in our lives. Verse 19 of chapter 3 in the book of Daniel, it says, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage or his countenance had changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was to be heated. Seven times more than it was to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 21, then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen and their hats and their, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because of the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 23, and those three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in his haste and spake and said to his counselors, did not we cast three men into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to him, the king, Answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, lo, I see four men loose 
walking in the midst of the fire and they have no, and they have no hurt and the, form of, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. Verse 27 is where we will end. It says, and the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men whose bodies, the fire, had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Watch this. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers of his word. I want to preach from a subject, neither were their coats changed. Neither were their coats changed. If I were to tag a subtitle onto my tech or, or, or subject, I would say, I don't look like what I've been through. Uh, help me preach this to somebody this morning and look at somebody real good and say, neighbor, I don't look like what I've been through. Y'all do this every Sunday morning. Y'all talk to the wrong neighbor. Look at somebody else. Look at another neighbor and say, neighbor, I know I might be looking good right now, but I don't look like what I've been through. Come on, find somebody across the sanctuary, look at them and make eye contact and say, neighbor, I don't look like what I've been through. Come on and put those hands together and give God some praise in this place. Yeah, I don't look like what I've been through. I don't, I don't, I don't, I promise you, I don't. We're living in a day and time, my brothers and sisters, where everything is changing. I mean, everything is changing. Nothing is the same. Nothing is as it were. Nothing is how it used to be. We used to be able to take the good and take the bad, and when you take them both, there you had the facts of life. Y'all know them, y'all sleeping this morning. Friendships are not even the same anymore. People used to say things like, thank you for being a friend. Travel down the roads and back again. Heart is true, you're a pal and you are a confidant, yeah. And if you threw a party, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Y'all not gonna say nothing to me. Going out isn't even the same anymore because sometimes you just wanna go, Brother Ron, where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad that you came. I mean, you wanna be where you can see that the troubles are all the same. You wanna go where everybody Y'all know what I'm talking about. Things are changing. Things that were wrong are now being called right, and everything that was right is now being called wrong. We used to have uh, to call somebody to check in on them or to stop by to see how they're doing. Now all we have to do is pull up Facebook and read their latest status and, and find out what's going on, and we get to know all that we wanted to know, but sometimes we get to know all that we didn't want to know because people are oversharing everything on Facebook. We used to make eating together our priority as a family. 
And even if daddy wasn't home at same time for dinner, we made sure that we saved daddy the big piece of chicken. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? You made sure that you saved daddy the big piece of chicken. Nowadays, uh, uh, everybody is, is, is fending for themselves and they don't even care if daddy eats or not. I mean, what type of world are we living in today? We used to be in a day where men were men. Lord, I'm going to get in trouble in this place today. Women were women. Boys were boys. And girls looked like girls. And now it's hard to even tell a her from a him. We're living in times when things are changing. Things are changing. Look at somebody say, things are changing. Not only is the world around us changing, but society and culture is making it very, very hard to stand out and be different and live for Jesus. The world all but forces us to give in to this world system and we find ourselves doing the very thing that we know we shouldn't be doing. But my brothers and my sisters, just as the Apostle Paul admonishes us in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the what renewing of your mind. Let me tell you something. You can't take on the mind of this world. You got to have the mind of Christ in this day and age. These three young men in our focus text Scriptures today show us what it means not to be conformed to this world. So allow me to give you a little bit of background uh, leading up to where we are or where we arrive in our text. You have this king, Nebuchadnezzar, he was the king of Babylon. And he one night had a dream. And this dream was of a statue of various materials. And these various materials represented a lot of the nations of the world that would inevitably follow him. He was, he was the head of gold. And the following kingdoms compromised the rest of the body. He decided, he decided to make for himself, however, uh, a statue fully of gold. To demonstrate, he did this to demonstrate uh, that his kingdom and power would not be usurped in spite of the word of God that was spoken. He commanded that when the statue was built, that all the inhabitants and the princes of the city be gathered together to worship the image of himself. And the sign was that when they played the instruments, all the people present must worship. <laughs> oh, I wish I could preach this thing like I feel it. When they heard the sound of the music, that was the sign for them to begin to bow down and worship. Uh, this is the reason why we give God praise and we worship him the way that we do because there's something that happens when we hear the sound of the piano and the guitar and the drums because the Bible says in Psalms 150, let everything that have breath do what? Praise the Lord. 
And so we know that we have a responsibility, but here we have a king that began to uh, 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 misconstrue and usurp what it is that God had already put in motion. But there were three Hebrew boys, and their names were Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Or as we see them here by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three men were men who would not worship this statue. They made up in their mind that they were not going to worship this graven image. They were bold when questioned about it. Look, look back down at your Bible and just skip up above where we started and look at verse 16 and 17. Well, you, you might as well just start at verse 15. Let me just read this. It says, now, if you're ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and, and, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately. This is the king telling, telling the three Hebrew boys. You shall be cast immediately into the fiery furnace, burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? I mean, he's talking real bold. But look at what their response was to the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And then look how they come back at it. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. I mean, talk about boldness in the face of somebody who could literally uh, uh, make life a living hell. Not only living hell, but also take your life from you. He was threatening to kill them if they would not obey and do what it is they said. But they responded boldly. Look at somebody and say, be bold. Not only were they bold, but they would not bend. <laughs> they would not bend, they would not bow, and ultimately they wouldn't even burn because of the bold stance that they had. Also, they were bound and cast into the fire that had been heated seven times hotter than normal. The fire was so intense that it killed the men who, were, who threw them in it. But finally we realized that but they were blessed. Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire and saw four men. They threw in three, but they saw, he saw four men, loosed and walking around. And they brought the men out of the fire unharmed. And then this is where we get to verse 27. And verse 27 says, neither were their coats changed. Let's deal with this for a little bit. I got a few points. You probably have them on, your, on, on, on the sermon inserts. If you have those sheets, did we, did we get them? We got them out? Okay, good. All right. So here's the first point. They were tied in their coats. They were tied 
in their coats. Verse 21 says, these men were bound in their coats, their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Let me just explain this to you. The traditional Babylonian wardrobe consisted of a linen tunic that probably went down to their ankles. And then they had this wool mantle over it that they wore. That was the coat. And then they had a turban on their, on their head. That was like their hat. They were bound in their hosen, hat, and coat. You got to understand this. They were bound in their hosen, in their hats, while they're wearing their hosen, their hats, and their coat. Let me see if I can break this down. See, the hosen, this is the linen, which represents the body or the natural man. The hat, the turban, this represented the mind or the soul of man. In other words, his thoughts. And then the coat, this was the mantle, the outer garment, representative, representative of the anointing of God. They were bound in their natural man, in their mind, and in their spirit. Mm. See, they were not stripped down before being cast in the fire, but they were cast in the fire while they were fully clothed. See, all three elements were being exposed to the furnace. All three elements were being exposed to the fire. <laughs> and at times, in times of infirmities, infirmity will strike the body, the soul, and the spirit. You can be bound in all three areas of your life when you're being attacked and afflicted. Anybody ever been at a point where not only were you sick, but then you begin to uh, look on Google and you're trying to figure out what is this symptom that I'm experiencing? And Google begins to tell you, uh, not only uh, are you experiencing a little bit of heartburn, but this could be cancer. Or this could be some other type of thing, and, 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 and this may lead to you having to go on dialysis or go to chemotherapy or go to all these. Now you're not just attacked in your body, but you're also attacked in your mind because your mind begins to think the worst about a situation when all you are experiencing is probably just a cold that you need to take some vitamin C for. And, 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 and then it begins to affect you in your spirit and your spirit begins to get grieved and you begin to question God and say, God, where are you? Yeah. You begin to get attacked in all three areas of your life. But just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you have to be sold out to God, my brothers and sisters. No matter what the devil 
devil tries to do to you, you will say, my mind will trust in God. My body will hope in God. My spirit will serve God. As a matter of fact, you need to kind of just be like Isaiah in, in Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon formed against me will be able to prosper in every tongue that rises up against me. Thou shalt condemn. They were being, they were tied in their coats. They were tied in their coats, but not only were they tied in their coats, they were tried in their coats. <laughs> Look at verse 23. It says, and these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the fiery furnace. Now, remember what we said. We said that the coat was representative of the mantle of God or the anointing of God. They were wearing, watch this, they were wearing the mantle of the Spirit, but they were still cast into the fire. <laughs> Let me say that again. They were wearing the mantle of the Spirit, but they were still cast into the fire. Let me just tell you something. It doesn't matter how anointed you are. It doesn't matter that you speak in tongues and carry a big old Bible up under your arm. Let me tell you something, my brothers and my sisters, you will still be tried by the fire. I know this doesn't sound too inviting, but let me just tell you the truth of the matter. The anointing of God is not fire insurance. The anointing of God is fire assurance. You will be tried when, you, when, when the hand of God is upon your life. See, most people wonder, well, God, why am I going through all this? Why am I going through all this? It's because, let me tell you something, God has his hand on you, and the enemy recognizes the threat that you are to the king, for the kingdom of God. And if, and, and, and if you keep on wondering, uh, uh, when you look around and you'll see people who are not going through anything, let me tell you something, that's because they're not a threat. And there have been times in my life where and I know I wasn't going through nothing. Things were just good and happy, but then I begin to check myself and wonder, what am I doing to impact and to advance the kingdom of God? And sometimes you need to ask yourself, what are you doing to advance and to impact the kingdom of God? Because if you are a threat to the devil, let me tell you something, he's coming after you. So the anointing of God is not fire insurance, but it's fire assurance. It's not furnace proof, but it is fireproof. <laughs> you will have to go through. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. And, and, and see, most times we hear that scripture, we read that scripture, and we begin to think, well, because I'm righteous, I got to go through. Let me tell you something. The unrighteous go through as well. The wicked go through as well. The difference between when the righteous go through, when the righteous is afflicted, and the unrighteous is afflicted is the outcome. But the Lord <laughs> will deliver them out of them. They had faith, but they still had a fire. <laughs> they still had to go through something. But just like Peter tells us in 1 Peter 6 and 7, he says, wherein ye gladly rejoice, 
though now for a season, if need be, ye are uh, in, heaven, in, 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 in heaviness uh, through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perished uh, through, though tried in the fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ. He picks up in chapter 4, verses 12 through 16, Beloved, think it not strange concerning fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If ye it is reproach for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and the God resteth upon you. And then, he, and then Paul picks it up in Ephesians 6 and 16 where it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. You will have trials, my brothers and sisters. You will have trials. But the secret to being in the trial is staying close to the fourth man. The secret to while you're in your trial is staying close to the fourth man. If you're in your marriage and you're going through hard times and it's you and your wife, you got to stay close to the third man. If you're in a household and maybe you're a single parent in this place and you're trying to raise two children on your own, it's you and the two. Let me tell you something. You've got to stay close to the fourth man. Whatever the case may be, let me tell you something. You may be a widow or a single person in this place and you're trying all within you to make it and to hold on. Let me tell you something, my brother, my sister. You have to stay close to the next man because as you go through the fire, he has a way of absorbing the heat. He has a way of making sure that you, when, as you go through it, you won't get burned, you won't get singed. Look at this thing. Your trial can be made into a blessing. For Romans 8 and 18 says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And he picks it up later in, in verse 28 of that same chapter, and he says, and we know <laughs> that all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Then Paul even picks it up in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, for our light afflictions, <laughs> which are but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. My brothers and my sisters, let me just tell you, you need to be encouraged today because though you may have been tied in your coat, though you may have been tried in your coat, God is right there with you. Though you may have been tied and tried, let me get to the point of emphasis. They were testi they testified in their coats. <laughs> See, the fact that they were able to come through and testify means that what they were in didn't kill them. Y'all a little slow this morning. Let me talk to this side. What you are going through 
is not going to kill you. <laughs> See, though it's not going to burn you, it is burning some stuff off of you. Told y'all before I had, I had some friends in college, they were crazy. I had one friend, Eddie, who loved to be flashy and flamboyant. And so he had got this, I don't, I don't know, I think it was like a Gucci book bag or something. And he was, came into the, in, in, into the room where we all kind of hung out and he was showing us all his Gucci book bag. And, and then LeVar from Chicago, LeVar was a little crazy and he played too much. Uh, LeVar took the bag and he had a lighter on him. Now don't ask me why LeVar had a lighter on him. Maybe LeVar participated in some extracurricular activities that most of us don't do, but he had a lighter on him and he took the lighter and he put the lighter on. He began to put the lighter up under the Gucci book bag. And Eddie starts saying, man, quit playing. What you doing? And he started moving away so he could keep the fire on him. And then LeVar said something that I never will forget. He said, Eddie, what you worried about? If it's real, it's not gonna burn up. Let me tell you something, though you may go through fiery times and though you may go through fiery situations, if you're real, you're not going to burn up. If you're authentic, you're not going to burn up. If you, if you got God on the inside, let me tell you something, greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. And though I may be tried in the fire, I will come out as pure gold. But they, they testified in their coats. Look at verse 27. Look at verse 27. Watch this because, because you got to see this. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was their hair on their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Notice something. They came out of the fire and didn't have to say a word, but it's still accounted as a testimony. Let me say it again. They came out of the fire, stood there, didn't say a word, and it's still accredited as a testimony. Can I just tell you something? When God brings you out, you don't have to go around saying, nah, see, you thought, I, you, thought you had me. You thought I was going to be there. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to say a word. The fact that you're still here is a testimony. The fact that you're still alive is a testimony. You know that there were people who died for less than what you had, but God still saw fit to keep you. Yeah, just like the song said, you should have been gone, sleeping in your grave, but God made death behave. You should have been lying in your sin, but he gave you peace within. I need somebody to give God some praise because you know that it should have been a lot worse. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in him. Thanks be unto God who gives us the ability to have victory today in Jesus. The testimony, watch this, the testimony was that the fire had not changed them. <laughs> Can I tell you something? There are people who are simply watching you to see how you go through. Lord, help me in this place. 
There are unbelievers right in your household or, or part of your family who know you go to church every Sunday, who know you in church every Wednesday for Bible study, who know you wake up faithfully to pray, but the moment you get tried in the fire, they're looking to see how you're going to endure, how you're going to go through. And how you go through has to serve as a witness more than what you say to them when things are going good. Testimony was that the fire didn't change them. I wonder, what did the fire do to you? What did the trial do to you? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were bold. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn, and they were blessed. The fire had no power over them because there was a fourth man in the midst. The heat had not overcome them. The trial had not changed them. The smoke did not cling to them. And I'm closing, but you got to understand this. Trials make sinners bitter, but they should make the saints better. Let me say that again. Trials make sinners bitter, but the saints can be made better. Fires may burn all around you, but let it only burn off the ropes <laughs> that bind you. Trust in the fourth man, and your coat won't be changed. Let me tell you something. God has his hand on you. I was talking to a brother here just yesterday. He began to give his testimony of how he grew up without a father in the home. And as he got into his adult years and now he's accepted Christ into his heart and he began to question God, I said, God, man, how come, how come, how come my dad wasn't there? How come I never had a father? Then God began to just respond back to him and said, I was here. Even when you didn't recognize that I was there. Even when you didn't acknowledge the fact that his, his providence over your life, he was there for you. Let me tell you something. When you were at your lowest point in your life, I dare you to think about the most gruesome time period in your life and you begin to question, you begin to say, God, why did you leave me all by myself? Let me tell you something. God will remind you, you weren't alone. As a matter of fact, you wondered how you got from point A to point B. I carried you from point A to point B and I didn't leave you where you were. I would be foolish. I'd be foolish to think I know or understand everything that's going on in every one of your lives today. But I do know God in heaven knows. And he will walk with you through the fire. The song says, and he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me that I'm his own. Let me tell you something, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad today that I belong to him and that he belongs to me. And no matter what it is that I stand in need of, he promised that he would be just what I need. 
most of us will never forget the day until that school shooting in Littleton, Colorado. One of the most horrific incidents to ever take place. Ten years later, Columbine High School students, actually it's been more than that, 15, or 15, 15 years now, killed 12 students, one teacher, and then themselves, and injured 23 others. Through that entire incident, there was one story that came out of it that, that really just stuck with me. A story about Rachel Joy Scott. She was a 17-year-old devout Christian. The reports say that she was the first to be shot. Reportedly, she was eating lunch on the lawn outside the school when she was approached by the killers and asked if she believed in God, knowing full well that the end result would be death. She said yes. Refusing to deny her faith in God, Rachel was shot in the head at point-blank range. As part of the investigation, videotapes were found in which Eric and Dylan, the, 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 the murderers or the killers, they mocked Rachel for her faith. As horribly sad as this is, a precious life lost and a family left with a hole that cannot be filled, I can't help but be proud of this young lady who in an instant went home to be with the Lord, whom she would not deny. That at 17 years of age, she showed more courage and conviction than many of us adults ever have. Today, I honor Rachel because, let's face it, she won. <laughs> As the story of her death continues to unfold in the media, or continues to unfold in the media, it, I, I was moved to the core. And I began to ask the question, would I have said yes? And I ask you the question, would, would you have said yes? I mean, I mean, come on, let's think about it. I was, even while questioning uh, or discussing this thing about Rachel, you know, it all boils down to this. It's not about what you say in these protected walls of a church. It's not about what you say when you're among your other Christian friends and your other Christian family brothers and sisters. But it's about what you do in the face of opposition. It's about what you do in the face of mockery. And most importantly, my brothers, I would even challenge you to say, it's what you do in the face of death. It's about whether or not you're willing to take a stand for what you say you believe in. Now, hopefully most of us will never be looking up at the barrel of a gun held by a crazed lunatic who wants to blow us off the face of the earth. But I'm convinced now more than ever that we will be called to give an answer for what we stand on in issues, and many mean life or death, for what we hold most dear, our families, our values, our freedoms, and yes, for some of us, in many, even our very lives. Will you follow the example of the 17-year-old girl in a little town in Colorado 
and say yes to these things, no matter the price? Or were you cowered out to fear, convenient to deny the truth so long as we can continue to live our comfortable lives? The Bible says, and they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and watch this, and they loved not their life even unto death. I begin to wonder, what do we live for if we're not willing to die for the one who died for us? Rachel's simple one word answer to a life or death question speaks volumes to us. I echo the answer that I gave myself when I began to ask myself this question. I pray I do exactly what Rachel did because I know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if I'm gonna leave here, I'm gonna leave here knowing that I did all that I could to please the Father. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Man, they were bold. And they took a stance. I mean, when the rest of the entire nation was obeying what this king was saying in direct disobedience and defiance to God's word, they took a stand. Are you willing to take a stand for Jesus? Are you willing to take a stand for him, even if it cost you your life? Let me just remind you of something. He gave his life for you. Nobody took his life. He freely laid it down. He who knew no sin, not just took on sin, but became sin for us. We're going to talk about this in a few weeks, but when you think about Jesus and the coat that his father gave him, when God was looking for a way to redeem man back to God, he made him a coat called human flesh. And Jesus began to walk and to show us how to live this life victoriously. And so today, we have the blueprint. If we can do what Jesus did, we can have the results that Jesus had. And in just three years of ministry, 33 and a half years of life,
he hung on a cross and he was able to say, it is finished. Let's stand. Let me tell you, though you may go through the fire, when you know that you have Jesus with you, just like the word of the Lord says, your coat won't even be changed. They said they didn't even smell like smoke. I don't know how that happens, because when, when I barbecue, I mean, my shirt, my pet, I mean, I'm, I'm reeking of smoke. But that's the power of God. That though they were in the fire, none of their hairs were singed. <laughs> and I don't know how that happens. I mean, has anybody ever, you know, opened up the grill when you shouldn't have, and it just kind of, and I did it. And I'm telling you, there, there's, a, there's a little strip on my arm that there was nothing there for a while. Hair singed. These guys were in a furnace, heated seven times hotter than it normally was. But see, when God is in there with you, when Jesus is in your midst, you can say like David says, yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What a mighty God we serve. community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.